Welcome to the Spiritual Life Pals Morning Walk Talk, where the quality is authentic and the conversations are genuine and spontaneous. On our walks, you may hear birds chirping, cars honking, or a friendly person saying hello. This is our way of setting the tone and getting our energies right for the rest of our day. So join us, Spiritual Life Pals, if that sounds fun to you, on our morning walk. Good morning, Spiritual Life Pals. This is Ryan, as always. I have been wanting to... I've been, I felt compelled to write a book lately. Um, actually, not lately. I've been felt compelled to write this for a while now, but I just haven't because writing a book is a lot of work. <laughs> but um, The title of it would be, if I were to write it, Start This, Stop That. And what I mean by that is it would be a book on how to start good habits or what you perceive as good and then stopping what you don't no longer want to do. No longer having things that you do be a part of who you are. And I think it the whole idea of consciousness and and understanding your place in it all could really be a huge benefactor to you actually successfully stopping or starting a habit. And one could say that it's, it's no longer a habit if you're doing those things consciously all the time with the intent to actually do them, not just to kind of be on autopilot and then do things because of that, because you've been conditioned to do them. Now, the two things that I wanted that I want to share that when I was able to stop the first thing, I was quite impressed, and I and I did use my my spiritual background to do so. And when I actually did it, I was like, "Holy crap, that's amazing!" Uh, and then when I started the next thing, I already had stopped. What I wanted to stop, so I knew I could do it. Um, but so it wasn't like amazing anymore, but it was still just more proof that it works. And I know, like, the book Atomic Habits is a great book, I've read it. Um, and it'll talk about how to like stack, uh, how to habit stack, or whatever he calls it, where basically, if you just if you want to start something new, you just have to implement it with things that you already do. So um, so the thing that I started was flossing. And basically he would just say, well, just make it a habit. Every time you put your toothbrush down, you grab the floss and you, once you have the floss in your hand, you might as well start flossing, right? Like, um, but to me that didn't work because I am very absent-minded sometimes, or that's the person that I was. And I definitely still am every now and then, but now I try to bring myself back to the present moment as often as possible. So the thing that I stopped was biting my nails. And I was bad. And 
I didn't even necessarily know why I did it. It must have been something conditioned as a child. I always bit my nails. If it was a nervous tick or what, but I figured if I can stop biting my nails, what is there that I can't do? I've never smoked. I don't drink. I don't do that stuff, but like your nails are always present. I told my mom, like if I stop biting my nails because she smokes, if I stop biting my nails, you gotta stop smoking. Because in my opinion, I was always like, it's harder to stop biting your nails than it is to stop smoking because your nails are always there. There's always more nail to chew on to a habitual nail biter. You have to go out and buy the cigarettes. They're not attached to your body and you just smoke it off your finger or something. Like, that's not how things are. So I had always felt like stopping biting fingernails would be one of my greatest challenges. That's why it was a thing that I decided to take on. And I have now not bit my fingernails for like eight years. I just, I don't even, I don't longer have the, 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 I don't know, the subconscious drive to do it. But the way I stopped, oh, by the way, my mom did not stop smoking. Uh, I guess it's harder to stop smoking than it is to to stop biting your fingernails. Um, I know there's an addictive chemical and all that stuff, but to a habitual nail biter, I think you could pick up what I'm putting down because it's, it's not easy. But often when I first started trying to stop biting my fingernails, I would often find myself with my fingers in my mouth after I had already bitten my fingernails. And that was so hard for me to, because I was like, how can I stop something that I'm not even aware that I'm doing? And that was like the light, like, oh, that's a good point. How can I stop something that I'm not aware of doing? And the only thing you can be aware of really is what you're presently focused on. So when it came to <clears throat> stopping biting fingernails, what really came down to for me was the present moment and learning to be in the present moment for a long enough time to where like if i could if i if i'm walking around and my intention is to to have clean fingernails and, and like healthy fingernails i'm not going to bite my fingernails the thought of biting my fingernails might pop up but i'm not going to do it because i don't want to do that anymore and i think that a big thing is like when you start a habit or want to stop a habit, you have to have your reason why. And you have to be set on your intention of why you want to do or stop doing that thing. And for me, my, intent, my intention was, my reason why was I just wanted to have healthy fingernails. And I wanted to prove to myself and possibly be an inspiration to others. I wanted to inspire myself and others to, if I can do this, then anyone can, especially if I can really grasp how I was able to stop it, right? Because if you can just, if you can repeat the formula, it should be repeatable to multiple people, not just me. There's no way that this is the only formula for me. It has to be also for other, other people. Maybe they just don't know it yet. So mine was to give myself the inspiration and possibly inspire others and have a healthier body 
to take care of my body in a better way. Um, so that was the stopping my biting my fingernails and starting flossing. So how the heck does someone stop biting their fingernails or start doing something? And I've said before, to me, it all comes down to how well I could remain present throughout my day. It sounds so silly. Uh, how do you stop biting your fingernails? Well, you stop putting your fingers in your mouth. It really is as simple as that. Until you don't realize that you don't necessarily always have control of where your hands, what your hands are doing, where your fingers are going. How many micro expressions, how many expressions in general do we do without even necessarily knowing it? How many mannerisms do we have when someone says something to us and they say, oh, you look just like your mom, you look just like your dad. You don't even know what you did. It was probably just a conditioned response or a genetic response. So how do you change that? How do you take control of something that you may not have control over? Well, in the present moment, you have full control over a lot of things. Uh, you can't digest your food. Well, that could be debated, I suppose. Digesting your food and, and beating your heart and all that stuff can be altered by the present moment. If you know how to get into the present moment, you can certainly slow your heart down faster. <laughs> slow your heart down faster. That's funny. Uh, or you may be able to speed it up. You may be able to help digest your food. Um, I believe that you can help heal a sore if you become present and you put your attention there. Uh, it will heal faster. So there's a lot that can be done from the present moment. And the present moment is just being here where you are with full attention on the moment itself. Instead of your thoughts, which often distract us, we're often bought into our thoughts. We're often somewhere daydreaming, um, completely absorbed into what we think is to be true or, or just completely bought in to every thought that goes by. And sometimes we even have an inner dialogue on, on a thought. Well, that thought was weird. Oh, yeah, that was like, oh, man. Well, but it came about because of, and then you're, you're having this inner dialogue, and then you're bought into that. Well, what is bought into that? And that was the life-altering question that allowed me to stop fighting, start flossing. It was, what is bought into my thoughts? What is it? And I realized it's this innate it's the life within me it's the innate consciousness it's the innate awareness it's the attention that i have that i can direct and when i've learned that i can harness that and it doesn't have to just be kind of taken wherever my thoughts go most people's attention is in their heads which is kind of crazy most people's attention lies in their thoughts because no, most people don't ever stop thinking unless they're sleeping. And as soon as they wake up, let's say you're a depressed person, you may not be depressed the instant you wake up, but once you wake up and remember your life story, oh yeah, the depression comes back because thought thinking is habitual. I've also wanted to write a book about basically called a, uh, a thought addict. I'm a thought addict. Like, hi, my name's Ryan. I'm addicted to thinking. 
I can't stop until you can, until you realize that you don't necessarily, it's not even necessarily about stopping the thoughts, but it's about realizing that you don't have to buy into them. They don't have any truth to them. Of course, some might imply truth, but just because you've had a thought doesn't mean it's, is how things are. It may be how you perceive things to be, but it doesn't mean it is how they are. I wonder if everybody can hear this dog. Uh, it does not like me. So, moving on. But your thoughts have this ability to completely take over your attention. So you learn that they don't have to. And you do that by meditating. And by meditating, I don't even necessarily mean sitting down and in a lotus position, legs crossed, hands on your knees, fingers pointing upwards. Uh, I just mean... You can do a walking meditation where while you're walking, you're focused on your breath. Your eyes are open. Um, you're here. That's the whole point. You're here. You're not off in your thoughts. Your attention is, is on this moment. If you're stressed out, if you have anxiety, you're not here. Because if you were truly here, present right now, focused on your surroundings, maybe the, the feeling of life within your body. Most people don't even realize that they can feel the life within their body if they can become present enough. You can certainly feel it in your hands, the vortex that comes off them. It's an amazing feeling. If you can quiet your mind enough to just sit there and put your attention in your hands, you can feel the life there. How the heck does any of this have anything to do with stopping biting your fingernails and starting flossing? When you become present enough and you practice presence in and of itself, you can stop and start anything. When you have the, so what would happen to me is it wasn't about necessarily finding my fingers in my mouth at a certain point. It was about, I want to bite my nails, right? It was that thought that was coming to me. And then the whole point of me talking about like buying into your thoughts, it was then I had the ability to go, well, do I want to bite my nails? Because I didn't buy into my thoughts. I didn't see them as being innately true. I just said, do I want to bite my nails? Why do I want to bite my nails? And then, and then the dominant intention will always carry through. So if I said, yes, I want to bite my nails, then, well, I just, that's where my attention is, and therefore my fingers are probably going to have to come out. But if I can bring myself to the present moment and say, do I really want to bite my nails? Why do I want to do that? And then I remember, hey, my intention is to have a healthy body. I want to inspire myself and others. And my fingers never come into my mouth. I will cut them with a, with a fingernail clipper. And when you start cutting your fingers with a fingernail clipper after someone who's been biting their fingernails for their whole life, that's weird. I felt like a child because I never had to cut my fingernails before. So trying to figure out, am I supposed to like clip the ends? Am I supposed to make them rounded? Am I supposed to make them square? I didn't even know how to do it. I had to ask my wife, how do I cut my fingernails? And, and that was a humbling <laughs> experience for me. But the present moment allowed it. The present moment allowed me to, when I didn't, when I wanted to bite my fingernails, I just had to ask myself why, and then I remembered, I don't want to bite my fingernails. I have other intentions, and the dominant intention will always win.
Now, for flossing, like I said, I had already established this. I had already learned to become present throughout my day. I knew that my tick was that I would bite my fingernails if I was getting anxious. So I was actually able to start using that as like a, hey, I have anxiety bubbling up inside me, which is why I want to bite my fingernails. So let's deal with the anxiety. And then when I started doing that, the, the um, preconditioned feeling of wanting to bite my fingernails never had to come up. Because when I could deal with my anxiety in another way by actually facing it, gee, I didn't have to supplement it in another way by biting my fingernails, taking the energy and putting it elsewhere into my fingers. I put your fingers. So starting flossing was the same thing, though. It was becoming present. When I'd go into the bathroom, there was a few times when I would get upstairs, I'd be going to bed, and I'd be like, shoot, I brushed my teeth and I forgot floss. And then in the like when I would do that in the beginning, I would go down at that point and I'd go floss. But that felt more like um, torture, as if I had done something wrong. So I was punishing myself in a way. I had to go downstairs and go for the hot. But if, and eventually, I was just like, you know what? I'll just floss in the morning. Um, if I forget at night, I'll floss in the morning. I'll become present in the morning enough to, to floss. And then there'd be mornings when I wake up and I'd be like, you know, it's time to floss. You have to get ready for work. And all this stuff, like all the thoughts would flood my mind, and I would go, nope. These thoughts don't hold any reality except for the reality that I give them. Therefore, my attention is set on flossing. Not and I would do that enough times to where I haven't missed flossing at night in years now. It's because I was able to become present. It's because I was able to always come back to the present moment. Awareness. Not buying into my thoughts. Doing them over and over enough, these these new habits that I wanted, doing it so many times that it, eventually, yes, it will become a habit. Because you, I don't even think about it sometimes now, and I just end up flossing before I'm brushing my teeth, which is a debate in and of itself. Are you supposed to floss before or after you brush your teeth? To me, it only makes sense to do it before. That way you get the stuff out, right? And then you floss it away, or brush it away, rather. I guess it's just good enough. I'm happy right now just knowing that I, I floss in general. So, <laughs> but I just think that the present moment is so powerful in that you can do so many things. And yes, flossing will become habitual. Biting your, not biting your nails doesn't become habitual. That doesn't make sense. To not do something can't become habitual. I don't even know that becoming present becomes can become habitual because as soon as you're present, you're no longer reacting. You're responding. You may be responding to a circumstance, but you're not reacting to it out of habit. So I don't think becoming present could possibly ever become habitual. That might be a topic for another day. But this was the gist of stop this, start that. 
um, if I ever write it, you won't have to read it because I just gave you everything in this podcast, in this episode. Um, maybe I will have to write a book, um, Thought Addict or Thought Addicts, but, or maybe I'll just make a podcast out of that and then all of the listeners get all that content for free. You don't even have to buy the books. Hopefully you like audio forms of books. <laughs> I hope this brought some sort of insight. Maybe it made you think about something a little bit. And, I, and a lot of times that's all I'm going for. Just, just to open your mind, expand your mind a little. Maybe there's things in the world that can benefit you that maybe you're just not aware of. And that's why you're not using them to your benefit. If your life is going good, great. Keep doing what you're doing. If it's not, maybe there's an understanding out there that you don't necessarily have or you don't know. And once you obtain it or know it, then it will help you. So maybe becoming present is that thing for you. And, and it's practiced just by finding the now moment. And by doing so, you're just not giving your attention to your thoughts. You're following your breath. That's all meditation necessarily has to be. When you get up from a meditation or you stop a meditation, you shouldn't feel the exact same way that you did when you sat down to do it. Otherwise, no change has occurred. So, practice meditation if that is something that you want to do. Um, just don't let your attention get absorbed into your thoughts and you'll notice when you first start meditating how often you have to catch yourself. It's funny. And in a way it's frustrating because you'll, you'll sit down with the intention to, to meditate and be without thought and just follow your breath. And the next thing you know, you're catching yourself going, okay, I just went down a rabbit hole of thoughts. I didn't even want to. It wasn't my intention. So then you maybe start realizing, I wonder how much how many intentions are bubbling up that I'm not even aware of. And you can do a lot of subconscious work through meditation. When those thoughts come up and you start following them, if you can catch them when they come up and you can go, hey, why am I worried about paying this bill right now? And then you realize, oh, I must have a fear of not being able to pay my bills. So then you can deal with that later on. Thoughts are powerful because they point in directions. And they give clues to things that need to be maybe worked on or, or maybe you just need to, to do some, um, ironically, some more thinking on those subjects to work through those so that you no longer have those fears or, or conditionings coming up later on. When you don't want them, like when you're trying to meditate. So, like I said, I hope this helped. I hope somebody got something from it. And I am sorry, last week I only got one podcast out. Uh, I got like five feet of snow and I wasn't able to go to work and it was a crazy week. I will try to do better. Please forgive me. Thank you all for tuning in. I look forward. Talking to you again soon.
the show is over and you are still listening? My goodness, you are a true spiritual life pal. We want to thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to join your spiritual life pals. If you haven't already, we would so appreciate it if you would subscribe to us and review the show. To join the Spiritual Life Pals community, join our Facebook or Instagram at Spiritual Life Pals or our Twitter at Spirit Life Pals. If you have any questions or insights that you would like for us to share on our podcast, please leave us a voicemail on our website at spirituallifepals.com or message us on any of the social media platforms I just mentioned. We appreciate you and we will talk to you again soon.